Welcome to NCC Unplugged, the podcast from Norman Christian Church, where conversations, community, and culture converge. Welcome to another episode of our Unplugged podcast. We're excited you're joining us today for another episode. And in the studio today, we have our Director of Children's Ministries, Allison Murray. Hello, everyone. And our Youth Minister, Jonathan Slatt. Hello. As well as our Director of Tech and Media behind the control board, Matt Mastriani. He is making funny motions because we did not give him a microphone this time. We appreciate you joining us for our continued discussion on our growth process. When we talk about our spiritual growth process, we're talking about someone that may know nothing about Jesus, from that all the way to a mature, seasoned believer. There are certain things that we've seen people go through as they've come to accept Jesus as Christ, as they've come to a church to connect with others, to grow in their faith. And then our fourth and last step in the process is to go. And even when we say last step, it's not something that finalizes. You actually just start the process over again, oftentimes bringing others with you. As you go and tell others about Jesus, you then walk with them through this process. And so it can be an exciting thing and a refreshing thing in someone's life to see someone go through the process and then them themselves go. And it's, it's what a disciple does. Disciple, the the follower of Jesus, is a continual process, no, nothing that comes to an end or completion, completion or has a retirement plan. It's a continual process. And so I'm excited today to be talking about this last step called go. So Jonathan, starting with you, when, when, we, when we say go as a Christian, go out into all the world, we have a lot of commands from Scripture to go. Is there someone that you think, I mean, I've seen this person in their faith go and do great things for God, whether it's on the other side of the world, whether it's in their backyard? Who do you think about when I say go? I mean, I could list so many people just with that have volunteered in the youth ministry that I've seen live this out. I'm not going to list them all because we, we just have so many. I mean, like, yeah, right. <laughs> and that wouldn't be good. I feel very bad about that. <laughs> but just to see their heart for seeing people grow. And in our context, seeing middle schoolers and high schoolers grow. Most of our, most if not all of our volunteers volunteer and teach in many different programs and facets. And it's not just showing up once a week and, and chaperoning students. It's so much more than that. Even even if they are just involved in one of those things and that's where they devote their energy, it doesn't stop after that program ends. I mean, they're involved in the students' lives and they understand that it's more than just watching them and making sure that nobody escapes, right? But it's it's this friendship, right? It's a relationship. It's someone that they check in with throughout the week and they're at their their sporting events and and they're answering questions and we have a group chat where we you can send prayer requests and everyone in the group can see it and several students will respond as well and and they're embodying that that go aspect of they didn't actually physically go anywhere but they're reaching out to someone who needs it and they send a text back hey yes we we prayed for that right or sorry to hear that let's pray for that it's so cool. And I think it's just such a good illustration of doing, like you said, doing it in your backyard or doing it in your room, right? Like on your phone, digitally. There's so many different ways to reach out to people. 
and we could take advantage of all of them and and meet different needs through them. It's been so cool to see happen throughout the youth ministry specifically. Cool. Allison, what about you? Is there someone that typifies that go process? Um, yeah, I can think of a friend of mine who has a lot of responsibilities, a lot of tasks during the week that no one would really blame this person if they didn't go because there's someone that's already doing a lot of work for God naturally. But this person doesn't use that as an excuse to not look for other opportunities to serve and other opportunities to go. And so to me, that's encouraging because I tend to have a fairly low threshold for the number of things that I can be responsible for before I kind of like get too stressed or like feel like I can't handle that. And so this person encourages me because I think he shouldn't be able to add anything else to his to-do list. And because he loves Jesus and because he loves people, he keeps going and he keeps serving and he keeps looking for new venues to share the name of Jesus. And it makes me realize that I need to rely on God to give me more bandwidth to get out there and to touch the lives of more people, even if my calendar looks kind of full. Yeah. Excellent. So one of the things that we're talking about with our go is that going, as you've described, is is something that can be more natural and closer to home than sometimes we give it credit for. There might have been a time in church history, maybe we can think the last few decades, where the aspect of going, and I'm I'm specifically thinking of, of the Great Commission, where Jesus, as he's resurrected, last words to his disciples, he says, go therefore throughout throughout the world, making disciples and baptize and teach. The the imperative is not necessarily go in, in the Greek form. It's it's the emphasis is on actually making disciples. Go is is part of it in in the function of the sentence. It's it's what they have to do to make the disciples. Uh, they can't just stay on the mountain with Jesus. They have to go out somewhere. And we maybe switch that around, and it has impact. It has kingdom impact. If we think the only way to make disciples is to go to Haiti, to go to Africa, to go to the Dominican Republic, go somewhere where we don't feel comfortable, then we're not going to necessarily think about making a disciple out of the person that's cutting our hair or the waitress or waiter that's helping us at the restaurant. Mm. But if we realize making disciples can happen in those places, it can happen through a group chat with prayer requests. It can happen with an already busy schedule. I don't have to block out weeks to go somewhere and do it. It becomes powerful and it becomes in a sense, maybe it becomes easier and more accessible to everyone. And through this growth process, that's what we're trying to emphasize, that this is for everyone. This go is not for superstar Christians. It's not for someone that has now been in the faith for 20 years and they've achieved some level to where they can finally go out and, and make an impact. This go is for the person that just heard about Jesus. I mean, go all the way back to our first step of come. 
Here, Jesus interacts with the woman at the well, offers her living water, says, I'm the Messiah, the one that you've been waiting for. And what does she do? She immediately goes back home and tells everybody, come come listen to this man that just told me everything I've ever done. And the entire village is changed because of it. And this is a woman that knew Jesus for mere minutes. And so this go aspect is for everybody. Can include going across the world into Africa, Dominican Republic, all those things, but it can also include staying staying close to home and doing it when you're at the grocery store, doing it with your own children. And so we have a heart for that at NCC as we think about going and how we can all make an impact with where we're where are where we already are going, which is what we understand Matthew twenty eight, the Great Commission, to be saying is the go aspect is almost as a as you are already going, as you're already out and about, think of Jesus' first disciples, as you're going down from the mountain, as you're going about your life, as you're going about work, as you're going about school, all of these things, you go and you make disciples. Making disciples is the imperative. That's what our mission is. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So when you guys here in the, the studio hear that, how does that change your understanding? And maybe I've spoken too much about it already, but how does that change how you view the go aspect and even how you see people doing the the go step in the process? For me, you kind of mentioned it a couple of seconds ago when you said it almost makes it easier mm-hmm. in a sense. When I hear as you are going, I realize That's in the context of things that I am already doing in my life. And so instead of looking at it as these separate events or these separate tasks, I need to be more introspective of where am I already? Who are my circle of people and my circle of influence? And how can I serve them and reach them for Jesus and allow them to understand his good news when I'm already interacting with these particular people throughout my life, rather than viewing the go as something that I have to do in a separate context or at a different time. Yeah, I think saying it makes it easier is so true. It makes it, I think it makes it less optional as well. If it's go and make disciples and it's like, well, I didn't go, so I don't have to make disciples, right? Because I'm still here. <laughs> no, go is when you leave church, right? Go is when you leave your small group. I think anytime we gather together as believers, whether we're specifically studying God and his nature or not, whether we're just proclaiming it with our actions, when we leave those places, right? Like small groups and church are are a training grounds, right? And and you leave there equipped to go out into your everyday life and to to make disciples. I think it becomes just a part of your life. It becomes your lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not that, like you said, I'm, I'm not just only planning to meet with this person, right? Or to, to get in the van and go here, right? But it's, well, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm just going to be open to whoever needs to be made a disciple, right? And the people that I know, and it'll probably more likely be people that you know than like the cash, the cash <laughs> register person, cashier, <laughs> but we we're open to all these things, right? And and in our relationships with our friends, discipleship just becomes the vocabulary, and it just becomes how we talk and how we act, 
And I think that's part of that process of growing and connecting, right? You've come and now you've connected and grown with the people around you. Now, how are we going to get other people to do that? It puts the responsibility to share Jesus into every aspect of our lives. Mm-hmm. But like Jesus said, his his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So, he's going to take care of the the power for us. Mm-hmm. Kind of like we talked about in the previous episode with growth, like we need to rely on Jesus for it. And as we tell people about him, he's going to be with us through that process for sure. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because sometimes, and I, I get to hear a lot of stories, which I love my position here at NCC. I get to hear a lot of people's stories of how they did come. And often it's, when I say often, the vast majority is because someone invited them. It could be a family friend. It could be a neighbor. And they often even say, well, we've been thinking about going to church for a while, or we grew up this way, and and there's there's been a seed that had been planted a long time ago, or a seed from a circumstance that was part of their life. And sure enough, at just the right moment and in just the right way, the neighbor, the family member said, hey, why don't you come to church with me? Or hey, let's let's do this on Christmas or Easter. And so, in so many ways, people are influenced by those in that close circle. And so, when we look first to our close circle of people to say, okay, who is that in our influence that we can go to? Now, sometimes we're more open to that. It, 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 it can be hard, though, too, when it's that close influence because, mm-hmm. well, what if they say no? Mm-hmm. You, you still have to hang out with this person <laughs> and you feel a sense of rejection. And so, even though we say it's easier, sometimes it's it's different and difficult because these are our people. Mm-hmm. And if I'm on a mission trip across the world, well, I never see these people again. And so I can say whatever I want to say. Mm-hmm. And if they say no, then that's okay. I'm never going to see them again. And so it's, it's just a different experience. And it's like you said, we need to trust the spirit within us is going to guide us, is going to give us the power in those moments. And there still might be rejection, but the world doesn't end. Yeah. But studies have shown the vast majority of the time people will be open to an invitation to church and open to an invitation to know more about Jesus. That reminds me of an analogy I've heard before where if we find a movie that we really enjoy or a restaurant that is delicious, we are so willing to run to our family and our friends and say, you need to watch this or you need to go and eat here. And how if Jesus has transformed our lives, we should be equally, if not more, willing and excited to go to the people in our lives and say, look what Jesus has done for me, and he can do it for you too. And that doesn't necessarily make it easier in the moment, but it sure makes it more urgent and more of a priority because my Savior is way more important to me than what movie I watched last weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a ridiculous example of that. Here in southwestern Pennsylvania, there's a, a business called MacBid. Yeah. If you've never heard about it, now you have. <laughs> I won't get into all of what MacBid is, but me and my wife are excited. We, we've bought things through this website and different things. I was at a out at a lunch with other ministers, and they started talking about MacBid and all the things that they do with it and that they buy on that website. Magbid, I've never seen them advertise in any way. It's not not a huge place. It's not something that even looks really nice. It's kind of when you go there, it's it's dirty and all that stuff. But but people love it and people talk about it, and it's shared in a way of 
hey, this is really convenient. Hey, this is really neat. And when it comes to our faith, don't we, don't, shouldn't we see those same things? Mm-hmm. Hey, come to church. Look what it's done for me. Hey, this is so neat. Look, look what they're doing in the community and the world. Look how my life is different. Come, come and experience this. Come and see it. Just, just believe me and come with me. And so thank you, Allison, for bringing that up. Cause mm-hmm. I think that's so true in our life that oftentimes we're willing to share other things mm-hmm. before we're willing to share our faith. Mm-hmm. When you guys think of scriptures that talk about this step of going, what are some that come to the top of your head? Yeah, the one that I thought of, you kind of already touched on it. I had two that kind of came to mind, and one was the back to the woman at the well that we talked about in the come step. So it's in John 4. But one detail I always overlooked until we started really looking at this process and, and doing these conversations was when she left to go tell people about what she'd experienced, she dropped her jar and she left it and she went into town. And it's, that's such a huge thing, right? Cause it's, it represents so much. Like she's there with her jar to fill up water, to get what she thinks that she needed and what she thinks she's been pursuing. And then the moment she meets Jesus, she's willing to just leave it all behind to go out and tell their people about him. It's like, it's just awesome, right? Well, you know, what are we willing to drop to tell other people? Are we willing to drop like that awkward couple seconds of, well, they said no, now we have to like somehow move on from this, right? Are we willing to drop, you know, a week in the summer if we are going to talk about a bigger mission trip that you're going to have to fly to? Like, are we willing to sacrifice a lot of comfort for that? Are we willing to drop our what we think we need in life? Are we willing to drop relationships with coworkers that maybe temporarily and maybe, like you said, it'll come back and and they'll be thankful for that relationship you've introduced them to. But what are we willing to drop? It's just, she was willing to leave it all behind and we need to be as well. It's such a cool verse for sure. To follow up that willingness Mm -hmm. in the Old Testament, Isaiah says in chapter six, verse eight, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. And so really just to be open to what God would have us to do and where he would have us to go. And we might not know today what that looks like, but tomorrow he may have a plan for where he wants us to go. So really to just say, God, I'm here, send me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That can be a scary prayer. Mm-hmm. It, it puts a lot of trust into God. And maybe that you have to go back a step to the growth in order to even be able to say that prayer in an authentic way. Yeah, I think we can find encouragement in John 16 for that willingness when he says, like, take heart, I've overcome the world. Mm-hmm. Because he knows what we're going into. He's like, I've called you to this and I know what you're accepting. You might not even fully understand what you're accepting, but he he knows. And there's there's definitely encouragement in having a leader and a savior that understands what we're about to get into. Yeah. As you guys were talking, I was thinking about how we exactly define go and what we're saying we go with. Mm. We've talked a lot about the message of Jesus and sharing the message of Jesus with others. And I think sometimes the go aspect is can be broader than just the exact news of the gospel. We mm. we do these things because of the gospel. I have, a, I have a story to share, and I won't give names, but there's someone that was willing to go through our mobile food program that we do here at NCC. And what he was asked to do was to put 
door hangers on doors of those that we were, we were going in their community to give some food that weekend. And so he goes a few days ahead of time to put these hangers on the door to let people know that we would be there. And when he's there, he notices as he knocks, the door kind of opens and he knows the person that lives at this house. And so he he yells out the name of the person and nobody answers, but it's really weird that the, the door is opening as he's knocking on the door and calling out his name, not really hearing anything. He steps into the house, making sure everything's okay. And he hears someone in the back of the house kind of mumbling, yelling for help. And so he, he goes and uh, this gentleman earlier in the week, I think dozens of hours earlier, had fallen in the shower and was not able to get out and was just laying there for hours. And so here is someone that said, God, send me the mundane task of putting a note on someone's door literally saved this man's life. Mm. And I get chills just talking about it again. I, mm. I, he, he was so full of adrenaline that day when it happened mm. that he came to the church to pray. And I talked to him right there because I was here in the office and just just hearing stories like that of someone that's willing to go. He he didn't have necessarily the the scripture in his hand. He didn't share Jesus with that person, but I guarantee you it made a difference. It's like he, he saved this man's life. Wow. And so there's so many different ways from saving someone's life to giving food to coaching a soccer team, one of our families does, to mm. to going on mission trips that in, encompass going. And so we can't get too narrow even of a a directive to go in a specific way with a specific message. And if it's outside our boundaries, we're not going to put God, you know, in that. And and that's putting God in a box. Mm. Here, God worked through hanging, you know, notes on people's doors. And we just have no idea how God is going to work through us if we pray that prayer of send me and we're open to where God leads. Mm-hmm. Romans 12, 9 through 13 is one of my favorite passages that talks about what it looks like to be a Christian. And in my particular Bible translation, the section is called Love in Action. And that passage says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. So sometimes going looks like honoring other people above yourself. Sometimes going looks like sharing or being hospitable. So so yes, it means going out and sometimes, you know, something as big as a mission trip or talking freely about your faith in Jesus, but sometimes it means something as as daily done as, as opening your home to share with others or praying for people or putting their needs above your own. Mm-hmm. And we may feel like those things are shallow, but how countercultural is it now to be hospitable, mm-hmm. to invite people over, to your house for dinner, to be so open with another family that you're willing to share what you have with them because they lack. And so it could be, it could be so powerful. And it's not shallow at all. It's, mm-hmm. it's deep when we do it in the name of Christ. And again, we have no idea what God might do with it. it. 
probably isn't going to look like saving someone's life, but it might. And it's, it's planting those seeds. And so going back to the seed analogy, I'll end with this verse. Jesus says to his disciples in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And so when you think of, of the harvest field, you look around, and there's so many that need, need the news of Jesus Christ. There are so many around you that need to come, connect, grow, and go. So thank you again for listening to our episode. We're excited to present the spiritual growth process to you, and we'll be back next week uh, with another special guest. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to NCC Unplugged. If you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, we encourage you to share this with your friends and family. NCC Unplugged is available on all major podcast platforms. And if you're ever interested in experiencing Norwin Christian Church firsthand, we invite you to join us for our services every Sunday at 8.45 and 10.30 a.m. We have engaging classes available for all ages, ensuring there's something meaningful for everyone in our church community. For more information about NCC or any other inquiries, visit norwinchristianchurch.com 